We talk a lot on this podcast about chess improvement, but when it comes to improving your hiring processes, Indeed is the platform you need. Indeed has over 350 million global monthly visitors, and it has a matching engine that helps you find quality work candidates fast. You can use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with your candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Years ago, when I was running a chess teaching business, I found it hard to find good help, and I had to go through a lot of back and forth to even screen potential candidates. Indeed allows you to do those things efficiently in one place. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed for hiring, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of Perpetual Chess will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility if you go to Indeed.com slash chess. Just go to Indeed.com slash chess right now, and you'll be supporting our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast, Indeed.com slash chess. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone. I'm Ben Johnson, and this is the Perpetual Chess Podcast. On Perpetual Chess, I have weekly conversations with the chess world's best players, promoters, and educators about their lives, careers, current projects, and best practices. Perpetual Chess is brought to you through the generosity of its Patreon and PayPal supporters. For more information, go to perpetualchesspod.com. Hey everyone, welcome back to Perpetual Chess. We have another outstanding guest this week. He has been a top five player in the world in two different decades. He has also been the coach of the Russian national team. He is an acclaimed author um, about 12 years ago of the classic book From London to Elista, which he co-authored with Ilya Levitov. And that book won the 2007 British Chess Federation Book of the Year. And now, here right now, he has a new book out, which is available from Thinkers Publishing, the publisher, also available on U.S. chess sales. It is called Say No to Chess Principles. Grandmaster Yevgeny Bereyev, thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you for inviting me. Oh, I am nice to be with you. I'm so excited because I have to tell you, Evgeny, I love I love all my guests, but the guests like yourself who are incredibly strong players and grew up in, in the, the former Soviet Union, I feel like you guys have so much perspective, obviously, about chess and about the stories you can tell about 
the Russian school and about all the legends that you've played and worked with, but but also just like world perspective, having come from one political system to another. And of course, now you live in Canada. So I'm ex- no pressure, but I'm excited, Evgeny. Okay. I, I, frankly speaking, you should uh, at least pretend you are excited. Otherwise, nobody will come to, to you as a guest. That's good. Yeah, I hope I was convincing. Yeah, you sound uh, as perfect as you could. Okay, great. So let's talk about your book, Evgeny. I've been tearing through it in this last week in anticipation of talking to you. Um, and so it's called Say No to Chess Principles. And it's basically, it's a, it's a games collection, but presented in kind of a different manner. And you, you talk in the introduction about uh, signing a book contract. And what happened after you signed the book contract? Well, I tell you that, uh, first of all, uh, it's not easy to work with publisher because uh, you are trying to sell uh, one thing and they accept and they, they do not accept the thing. They have uh, um, different opinion about everything, actually. And uh, in the end, I uh, let let them uh, make uh, things uh, the way they see it. Uh, I tell you even uh, the uh, name of the book I didn't really like. Uh, and um, I, I was uh, going uh, to, to come up with uh, something uh, uh, artificial and smart. So like, for example, uh, my, my thought was uh, to give title as like uh, flew over exceptions but they told me Evgeny don't try to look uh, smarter than you are and uh, <laughs> they turned of course it uh, away okay well i like the title and and you did at what point did you have the title in mind because it's organized sort of in my mind with the title in mind being that the chapters um are sort of arranged with various chess principles that you might hear such as move your pieces towards the center uh, avoid doubled pawns so you know, you have kind of the opposite of that. Yeah, yeah. I, I try to, to sort uh, things out. You know, just not to give. By the way, it's a book. Uh, games in the book. They are not my best books at all. Uh, best uh, games at all, and uh, they even not uh, best for uh, this topic because what I gave uh, in this book, and uh, actually I. Uh, thought it may uh, become only first part of uh, the idea. Actually, I gave um, uh, games and sorted them by certain uh, principle, uh, and I did not use in the book uh, games with the two and more ideas in one uh, game. Okay. So actually, games in the book they are pretty simple. Uh, they're not uh, the best, but uh, I believe that um, chess players can learn something from uh, those simple uh, games. And uh, basically, the idea was not uh, about uh, actually a topic at all. Because when uh, a publisher called me and asked me if I uh, write a book, and he actually gave me a clear idea what he wants to see out of the book. And uh, with all those, those games you can find in the book, uh, I worked on the idea he gave me, he asked me to, to present, and uh, 
actually I can open and reveal you a secret, uh, which I tried to make indirectly. I don't know if uh, probably I failed. Who knows? Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe partly. And the idea was, and what he asked me about, to describe actually in that old uh, ancient uh, time uh, how uh, kids grew in Russia, what in Soviet Union, uh, what uh, meant and what means Soviet chess school, how the school organized the chess movement in Russia, how uh, young players could become uh, like stars and uh, strong players, the, how the system worked in Soviet Union. And uh, basically, uh, in uh, the book, you can uh, find uh, uh, pieces of puzzles everywhere, and uh, to uh, like uh, to to pick those uh, pieces and have the whole puzzle. I don't know if you found it or not. If you um, had chance to go through the book. Yeah, I did. I did read the book, and the the fabled Soviet chess school is a, a topic of frequent um, interest here of, of myself, and I, I hope of. Okay. Uh, did, did you find anything like this in the book? Well, uh, I mean, I know that you talked about you are a product of the 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 Smyslov school, um, and I'm I'm always interested in the anecdotes about you working with various players and uh, you you know you crossing paths with. Uh, Yuri Razuvayev, who, if I'm correct, was not at the Smyslov School. Is that? Uh, the, the head of Smyslov School uh, was, you, and uh, maybe people uh, heard this name, uh, Boris Pastovsky, who is living in Boston right now. Uh, actually, the, he was uh, the guy responsible for everything. He invited <coughs> students, coaches, and uh, all uh, things he organized. And coaches, they just uh, were hired, uh, uh, like coaches uh, who could uh, come for different, by the way, sessions, worked a bit, left, and uh, so uh, actually Boris Pastovsky was uh, the head of Smyslov School, and he even uh, read, um, uh, let's say, uh, homework and uh, checked and uh, gave us uh, homework and everything. The, the guy was responsible. Other other um, uh, people, chess players, uh, were not involved so much. Especially when I I we call it Smyslov's uh, school. Uh, I try to explain in the book that uh, actually I I've never seen Smyslov at all, hmm. because he, he, I remember actually he gave one uh, lecture, uh, very, very slow talking, and uh, I completely don't remember what he was uh, talking about, but he, he was not, he gave his name, which was enough that time, and uh, probably because of him, money was uh, given to the whole organization. But Smyslov was not the guy, the, the, the one who taught us to play chess, not at all. Razovayev, yes. Pastovsky, yes. And uh, Dvoretsky, yes. But uh, not uh, Vasily Vasilievich, uh, because he was actually very busy. And I tell you, it was 1978, 79. 
In three years, he he played the final candidate match uh, against Kasparov. So actually, he was um, above or around 60, but uh, still a strong practitioner. And he was busy with his career. And, uh, well, we had a good time without him. Yeah, that, that, that's a pretty valid excuse for, for not being around too much. Yeah, but he gave his name. Uh, yeah. So no, nobody could give uh, money for nothing. Right. We had a uh, few more uh, chess schools in uh, Russia, in Soviet Union this time. That time, it, uh, one was Petrosin, but Petrosin uh, passed away in 1983, so pretty quickly. And uh, Polugayevsky had his uh, school, but uh, as soon as he could, he immigrated to uh, France. And uh, one more Batvini before Smyslov. Uh, but then, I don't know, just uh, also it uh, disappeared, the, the school. He uh, uh, lost his interest, uh, uh, Batvinik as well. But, uh, well, also some um, grandmaster of lower caliber organized their school. So, but uh, this was uh, is one of uh, uh, like uh, uh, like one piece of that uh, puzzle of chess life in uh, Soviet Union. Okay, and so as I mentioned, I did read the book and I did pick up pieces about the way that the Soviet school was arranged. But so, did you feel like it was a structured learning environment, or more just you go, you get the lessons, you look at your games, sort of thing? Or did you feel no like there was no structure at all? No okay. structure at all. It's like in the a wild forest. Uh, <laughs> uh, kids come, and uh, who e- who is more uh, interested, who loves uh, chess more, survives. That was mm-hmm. like that. And more talented, of course. But uh, except talent, uh, you needed a lot, uh, like devotion, because uh, well, uh, country was pretty big, and uh, chess was uh, pretty popular, and it means that a lot of uh, kids um, like joined the the group, joined the game, and. Uh, like uh, in different uh, republics, uh, different talented uh, kids uh, were born, and uh, uh, how this competition was uh, strong, high, difficult, and uh, one needed all qualities to um, to become uh, one of the best in that group. Okay. So no, no real system. I never saw in um, Soviet Union. But what was indeed organized? The system of tournaments. We had some good tournaments, and if you grew, uh, you always had uh, at least some uh, good tournaments to uh, play in, if you were uh, strong enough. Okay. And speaking of the role of talent, if you don't mind, Evgeny, I'd like to uh, read a little excerpt that I highlighted from from your book um, relating to the Soviet chess school and uh, Grandmaster Razuvayev. Is that okay with you? Go ahead. Okay. So um, 
you say Yuri Razavayev was head trainer at Vasily Smyslov School, and although he preferred to work with bright young talents, everyone benefited from his generosity. His lectures on Akiba Rubinstein's talent unquestionably helped develop my own play in technical positions. He advised me not to pursue a, a future in chess because he was convinced that one needed to possess a decent chess memory to achieve any significant results. I could offer a rebuttal today arguing that chess is a combination of so many different qualities pertaining to knowledge and ability that one shortcoming could be compensated for by other strengths. He was right that a good memory does make grasping a subject easier, but former world champion Anatoly Karpov didn't have the best memory, to put it mildly, and couldn't remember pages of chess informant, unlike, say, Mikhail Krasenko. Indeed, this particular case can inspire even the most forgetful among us. So I found that fascinating. I mean, many aspects of it. But first of all, I mean, you have this um, this revered trainer uh, telling you that you don't have chess talent. <laughs> so... No, he didn't. Uh, well, well, I talked uh, to him later uh, when I already became um, like member of uh, uh, Russian Soviet Union um, uh, like representative. I uh, represented um, Russian team. And I asked him, why? I mean, what did you mean? <laughs> he said, oh, he didn't really mean, uh, he, he didn't feel like with a memory like this, I could uh, go far. And he said, he, uh, he, he really uh, saw that I, I don't remember anything. And that, that was a, a pretty funny because, for example, uh, I, I had this homework and uh, Pastovsky gave me homework and he liked uh, uh, for some reason gave me uh, uh, he asked me to work on games of like strong players and uh, we had this uh, they had coaches they had ideas that uh, you should work on games of, of, of Capablanca and Alec and each time he was uh, saying like don't forget uh, work on Alekin's games and I, I was coming to next session and he said he could ask, okay, show me a game. I say, I'm sorry, I don't remember a game. But he asked me, okay, but did you work on it? I say, yes, I did. And I just checked 100 games. And why don't, cannot you show me up anything? Just I don't remember. And it was true, and, you did work on it, right? You're not. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay. I tell you even, I tried to remember, but I couldn't. And, uh, of course, uh, they, they, first of all, believed in me, and the reservoir believed me, and he saw that, uh, really, the guy, he, he cannot remember anything. How can he, can he play chess? Huh. So, uh, probably, they didn't have this preced precedent or something like that, word like this, Pre precedent. So, Pre how, how, yeah, precedent. Precedent, uh, that someone with... Despite probably Karpov had the even uh, better memory than I had, that Karpov did. But so, how did you know that? Like, did you experience Karpov's many memory personally, or did you just no, no, no. hear because, that his memory wasn't? Many, many, um, like uh, GM worked for for Karpov, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, they they. they uh, uh, told uh, stories about uh, how they uh, tried to, to give Karpov uh, information, but he could not remember. And also, 
from that uh, from those people information that Karpov regularly took uh, notes for uh, games uh, because uh, simply he had a lot of analysis and uh, <clears throat> uh, because he could not remember those analysis um, and uh, he had he had to take notes. Uh, but uh, later, also, the, there was information, uh, if I, I, I think it, sh it can be true, uh, that uh, K uh, Kasparov also used the same uh, system, and also he used the notes and took it uh, for games, but for different reasons. Already, uh, he, despite Kasparov uh, had a perfect uh, memory, but the amount of analysis Kasparov had and the, the uh, depth and the quality was so like deep, huge, and uh, uh, strong that he could not remember those analyses uh, well. Mm -hmm. Just physically, it was impossible. And can you imagine what's going on these days? Yeah, I, I really can't. Um, okay, so they, they, they use those notes. So and, uh, uh, I, I did not. Uh, but the, the, that was the fact. So uh, Razuai, in fact, if we return, he didn't think I was uh, untalented, let's say. No, he thought that just uh, people, uh, chess players should remember at least something. I could. <laughs> that's that's funny. <laughs> um, so maybe he was talking more about you, your, your, your potential to become world champion rather than your potential no, to... My potential to, to be uh, like... Uh, GM, for example. Oh, wow. So you, you exceeded his, his expectations, it's safe to say. Well, Does, even though it my, sounds like he tried I, to walk it back later. My own ex expectation. I exceeded okay. everyone's expectations. So how do you think you pulled that off? What 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 traits did you have that helped uh, make up for um, not having a uh, elite chess player level memory? I, I, I explained it though in the, those quotes, actually. The thing is, that uh, you, a, a human, uh, can organize himself to develop, to create himself in many aspects. And uh, memory is one thing, but also if you uh, work a lot, you can um, just understand uh, by uh, your uh, play by fingers and skin, let's put it this way. And uh, you don't need to remember. You just know where pieces uh, go. Mm -hmm. And uh, also it all depends uh, how much uh, you love chess and uh, how long you are, for how long you are with chess, what, uh, how you devoted to the game. And the, the thing is, simply I had to work on chess uh, much more, way more than other chess players, and that's it. So and it was not; it was a bit inconvenient <laughs> because I did not have my uh, private life for uh, many, many years been uh, in my youth. Uh, but uh, that—that's um, uh, price you have to pay if you don't have chess memory. Interesting. And also, I tell you what I had to do. I could not play um, uh, many openings because simply I, I did not remember. And I was very, very limited. And uh, actually, because of that, 
I also could not uh, achieve good results because uh, I could not play, uh, I could not surprise people. Right. They always could uh, be well prepared and uh, that's why I lost a lot of short uh, games because um, simply one mistake and bad opening and uh, opening becomes even uh, worse. Okay. So actually, it, it, it was a bit inconvenient to, to have um, memory like I did, like I do. Yeah, well, but it's encouraging for any listeners who, any younger listeners who are working hard on their chess, or even for adults who feel like their memory isn't great and just like at the club level want want to get better. Um, it's encouraging to know that you were able to attain such heights and to don't, to... don't worry, don't worry. Everyone has better memory than uh, I do, and uh, memory cannot stop uh, people to become a good uh, player. Just uh, laziness, yes, but huh. not bad memory. Oh, excellent advice. And I guess one one could infer from what you said that if you that if you have a bad memory, it might be a reasonable plan to adopt a more narrow repertoire. Uh, I had to, yes, and yeah. uh, it's it's better to have uh, uh, wide uh, spread at repertoire. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Um, so getting, I mean, this is all related to the book, but but getting back to the to the book a little bit. Um, so to to what extent do you feel like? This is just a way to arrange and show some different themes about uh, chess players not being too dogmatic about following themes. And like, how strongly do you feel that that chess principles are kind of um, overrated, or do you not feel that way at all? So, uh, uh, when you don't uh, follow chess principles, in fact. Uh, uh, somehow you uh, follow them, but uh, that's that's what you sh- we should understand. That uh, we uh, n- nevertheless uh, we do things correctly. And one, um, what actually mean? Well, for example, I I, I uh, uh, pick an example. Oh, for example, I'm I'm saying that peace um, usually uh, does not stay well in the central square. And when, when you uh, come to chess, everyone will tell you, just place a knight in the center, and knight is always great there. But in the book, I, I show that it's not completely true. Why? Uh, because a uh, knight in the center gets eight squares, covers eight squares. A knight in the corner covers only two. But maybe you need to uh, cover exactly one of those two squares. And in this case, your knight should not be in the center, but just somewhere in the corner, (laughs) something like that. Anyway, the thing is, you need to attack, to defend something important in the position. position. And uh, the thing is, when you play, you're uh, trying to find out position, to find out what is really important. And you play according to uh, position need. And uh, if position, uh, for example, demands an open file, and the way how you uh, can get this open file only to double or triple your pawns, then you should triple them. Something like that. Chess is actually, basically, of course, uh, is a game with certain rules, but we all can say it with some exceptions. But uh, 
it's not about uh, we we don't break rules. We just uh, uh, follow specific need on every position. And uh, in this case, in this case, we can. Uh, it may seem that we break uh, a rule, or we can say we break a rule, but in fact we don't. Just it's uh, complicated. Uh, we, well, that's why, by the way, very difficult to play chess. Yeah, why? exactly. <laughs> because when you, when you, you, you study, uh, when you learn, and you help someone to be a chess player, you, you nevertheless uh, should give um, some basic principles to follow. Just otherwise, uh, a, a kid, he does not know what to do. Right, what what to do? Why why knight uh, uh, should go to the center? Because knight covers more squares over there, something like that. But only when uh, a, 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 a person is involved for some uh, time in uh, chess and um, he spends like half of his life with chess, he he will understand the real. Uh, motives of uh, moves in a, a particular uh, specific position. So that's uh, why uh, I'm saying that the, the main thing in chess is not actually uh, being talented. It's uh, to be with chess and analyze uh, a lot of stuff. Games, typical positions, uh, typical endings, and uh, so on. So that's why who is world champion these days? Uh, uh, Magnus Carlsen. Well, well, what uh, he was famous about? Okay, he dedicated uh, the game since maybe five and traveling uh, all around Europe, playing tournaments, uh, and probably he did not uh, go to school, or not regularly at least. So the thing is, uh, you want to achieve uh, something somewhere probably, in any area, you should uh, sacrifice something. Mm -hmm. Good thing, for example, like uh, for Carlson, for him probably to to think about chess, to be uh, in chess is no sacrifice at all. So he's lucky uh, uh, person. But for example, I'm, I, I may say that Kramnik probably, uh, for Kramnik, uh, like uh, example, now to be and to work on chess is sacrifice. And he does not like to sacrifice anymore, any longer. So he uh, quit. Were you surprised by his retiring? Uh, no, no, because he, he, he looks like a person who, who just uh, had enough uh, mm -hmm. for uh, chess. And he is not enjoying any uh, longer tour uh, work on that um, uh, complicated uh, opening problems. And uh, he does not enjoy uh, playing youngsters who are full of energy and just uh, calculate and play with eager and desire. And uh, what, what? It's uh, sooner or later everyone... Um, uh, stops playing chess. So for him, uh, time came. And I tell you, actually, it's it's pretty much all right 
if uh, one stops around 40, 45, or as, as I uh, feel, uh, the only, of course, exception is uh, Anand, who probably can play another 10 <laughs> uh, years. But, uh, well, first of all, he is alive since a young uh, age was dedicated to chess. Everything is well organized in his uh, life. And, in fact, he uh, loves uh, chess and to play chess and to win uh, so much. And uh, his talent is uh, incredible and his uh, health is good and everything. So, But uh, he's more like exception, like Smyslov, for example, uh, in 80s. Also, at, at 60, to play on the level he played was uh, something extraordinary. But not everybody can... Uh, um, go that high. Uh, but it's a good example for uh, those players and uh, chess players who just uh, don't want to stop and want to play more and more. Gelfand is there and he's fighting hard. So I admire uh, those um, people very much. And uh, like I wish I wish I wish I could be like them. But, uh, for example, I personally uh, stopped enjoying uh, playing chess, stopped enjoying uh, working on chess so hard. Um, I didn't have resources myself. And probably Kramnik came to the same point and uh, decided, okay, it's time to do something else. Yeah, so, I, I'm, I'm sorry. You can... Yeah, it's, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm more or less uh, done. Okay. Well, I was just going to gonna contrast to that, that too, in, in From London to Elista, you and uh, Ilya Levitov talk about how uh, building up to his world championship match against Garry Kasparov, it was kind of the complete opposite, how he was in absolute peak form physically and mentally. Uh, uh, well, I, I was saying that, but <laughs> tell you... <laughs> That if uh, you 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 shouldn't take my books uh, like uh, the gospel, uh, right? Like uh, uh, you should take them like fiction. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, they are not. Uh, I I don't mean <laughs> all I say there. It's based on true story. It's not like true story. It's not completely fiction. It's based on true story. <laughs> okay. I, 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 I use some uh, facts, but uh, this is actually more like fiction, uh, fiction uh, books. And um, uh, I say something, but uh, I probably uh, not always mean it. That's and for example, if we are talking about what I'm saying, the uh, peak of um, Kramnik's, well, if you look at the, the games uh, they played, if you analyze the games, you can see that uh, they were both were so nervous. Yeah. They, they were making so many mistakes there. Uh, Kasparov played like uh, the worst um, like event, chess event ever uh, in in that in London. Uh, where after. Kramnik <clears throat> took the lead, a quality of his games dropped uh, significantly, and also he, of course, he did not, it was not 
especially second part of uh, the tournament was not his uh, peak at all. Hmm. So, but the thing is, even even uh, if we're talking about uh, my last uh, book, it's uh, all I'm giving there, all stories I'm giving. Uh, they have something, something could be true in those uh, stories, but uh, that's fiction. That's, that's, that's... I, I try to make uh, uh, book interesting. I tell you more. For example, if uh, I take uh, same facts, I uh, re- re- recall them, and uh, if not looking at the book, uh, you, you give me a chance to write another book with the uh, same stories uh, about ideas and uh, stories can end uh, differently. Hmm. So <laughs> that's very funny. Now, of course, I'm wondering which parts are true, which parts are not true. Exactly. Yeah, an air of mystery. Don't, don't, don't take it uh, seriously. Okay. Well, I do want to ask you, okay, is this, is this sentence from the book to be taken seriously or not? Uh, Ilya Levit- even, I, I, I won't tell you. It's not interesting. You, you should uh, decide for yourself. You take it uh, like uh, seriously or not. Wow, this is like the, uh, I don't know if you know this pop culture reference, but the conclusion to The Sopranos where the screen goes black and the, uh, you know, the, the creator of the show, David Chase, won't, won't talk about what it means. You just have to, you have to, we, our job, your job is to make the art and our job is to interpret it. Exactly. Something like that, because uh, it's, it's a book. So I uh, write some uh, words there. And uh, for example, if you read uh, a, a novel, so you, you, you read uh, what's going on then, and then you think, well, actually you try to, um, to find out yourself what it, does it mean, what Dostoevsky was going to say. <laughs> I'm far from being Dostoevsky or something. But uh, don't take it uh, this way. But anyway, I, I'd like my readers uh, think about uh, life and everything. Okay. And, uh, that's, that's how it uh, went. I uh, told them some stories, but uh, partly even the uh, information uh, not false. Okay. Um, yeah, because I had the opportunity to talk to uh, Karsten Hensel, who who wrote a recently wrote a book about Vladimir Kramnik, and he he also uh, he made some allusions to having different memories of a few things presented uh, from in from London to Elisa. Uh, well, 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 maybe maybe he has his own view, and I'm frankly speaking. Don't remember him there. Probably okay. he was in the same building with me. <laughs> but uh, uh, I worked with uh, coaches, and uh, probably he was more like uh, working with uh, Vlad and talking to him and uh, something like that. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember Kramnik and coaches there, and doctor as well. Right, <laughs> and the chef, right? Re- remember Karsten there. Okay. I remember him very well when we played the um, second match with Lika. Yeah. That's, that's true. Yeah, because he managed both players. Um, 
Okay, so what about the stories in Say No to Chess Principles? Are is there some poetic license with those as well? You know, like uh, I here I highlighted a few of my favorite stories. Um, getting sick at the Moscow Open in 2010. Um, you no, told- no, that that was uh, more or less uh, like that. A bit uh, in the it presented in a poetic way, mm-hmm. uh, as but, it should uh, be. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but uh, in, indeed, uh, I was very sick there, and uh, I, I uh, probably, uh, if something uh, went a bit uh, differently, I would just uh, have stopped playing um, the tournament after round three. That's it. But uh, I was very sick, and uh, surprisingly. Uh, I somehow uh, recovered uh, pretty uh, fast, and um, uh, it was a, a pleasant memory. Well, the, the thing is, one one uh, moment you think the tournament is over, in the five days you uh, win pretty strong event. So that was a good memory. Good and. Um... Probably not as good a memory. You talk in in discussing uh, Peter Leco, um after the match with Kramnik. He um, he didn't really maintain his level as like one of the top five players in the world. And you compared it to when you um, you lost the World Under Twenty Championship um, and talked about um, how difficult that was. Could could you tell our listeners a little bit about the, that experience of? Uh, Coming so close to winning something and having it uh, not not come to fruition. I tell you what, you should not. One should not be uh, emotional or too emotional uh, being in sport because chess is these days is more like sport. And uh, well, you lose, you win, and you t- you should take it like a sport. I like uh, um, NHL and NBA. Why? Because uh, they lose game, like maybe a series of games, and then they come and play like nothing happened. And uh, well, being emotional, being uh, not professional, I don't know. I took all my defeats too seriously. Because maybe I felt uh, much about myself. Um, and uh, I should not. And uh, indeed, I suffered like I uh, I almost died or died. Someone, uh, my my I don't know, my relatives died. Like mm. only by losing a world champion on the twentieth title. Well, well, yes, indeed. I for for three years I was broken. Wow, three I years. Not, I could not uh, play. I could not recover. Uh, my uh, health was not good, and so on. But uh, that only uh, depicts, describes me like a very, very unprofessional um, chess player at that time. And uh, I probably managed to overcome uh, that uh, shortcoming and to change the situation for uh, good, for bad. And um, uh, I returned to high level. And in uh, like three years, I fully recover because in three years I uh, retained the same uh, level, even uh, 
uh, increased my chest level and uh, I learned to uh, stand defeats uh, much better. So actually I can tell you that uh, one can use uh, chess like a field to uh, grow in, in different aspects. So like, I don't know, character, to, to grow, to, to build, to forge character. So um, I, I, I was not good, frankly. Mm. I, uh, I took it too seriously, uh, unprofessionally, and uh, uh, Leaker, uh, he also suffered, and uh, also he went down, but in his case, maybe things uh, are different. Uh, first of all, the level he played was higher. Uh, the, um, I mean, defeat, he suffered, was like much higher and to lose real world championship uh, title is uh, real something. Well, to, to lose tournament under 20, well, what a big deal in fact. It's just one step. So many world champions uh, under 20 who never became uh, good players. So it's not uh, very important. But to lose world championship match in the in the manner uh, Peter did, that's painful. Yeah. And uh, still, I tell you that, uh, as I also mentioned in the book, next year he played very well, Peter. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, afterwards, yes, he uh, his um, level, I mean, the the quality of his chess. Uh, Declined gradually, and uh, oh, he became old. And then again, new uh, talented players uh, uh, came to chess, and it was not uh, that simple to hold the uh, the door to hold the level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, well, still, probably he could uh, take it. Uh, uh, better that defeat, but uh, I, I would not blame him and would not compare, in fact, my case and his case because my it's well childish and his was just something real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So, if I know that you've coached the Russian national team, you've worked with some talented young players. So, if you ever come across one that's in a funk and can't get over a loss, what, what do you what advice do you give them? Or would you uh, give them to to give advice for uh, who one once again someone someone who is having trouble recovering from a difficult loss or for from different situations? Well, maybe similar to something that you not not like playing for the world championship, but yeah, take it easy. I would say <laughs> it's not your last uh, loss. It's not but, loss, your last defeat. You will. You keep playing, you can keep working hard, you'll have so many defeats that you soon will forget this one. Uh-huh. And, and... Uh, take it professionally, like professionals should take any uh, loss. You just learn from every game, win, a loss, whatever. Just it, You have a long, long road. And you're going through this long road, and maybe you last in the beginning of this road. And uh, all you do, you, you're learning with every game, every move, every tournament, and so on. 
but just go play enjoy learn good advice for sure and you also talk in the book about some of your kind of most common rivals like um Alexi Dreve, who you played uh, through decades, and you you make a few um, references to uh, having not much success against Vasilya Ivanchuk. Um, who, is there any one player you would consider your sort of? I don't know if you would call it a rival because I don't know what your personal relationships are like. But but is there any player you dreaded playing most, or where uh, felt like you had kind of the opposite, where you felt like you you even though they were a strong player, you had good chances against them? Oh. Uh... Well, I tell you that uh, against some players I could not uh, play. I could not stand this uh, the the rivalry. Uh, my two uh, most unpleasant um, opponents were uh, Anand and uh, Kasparov. Uh, simply, uh, I could not play uh, against uh, talented and uh, professional mm-hmm. guy and uh, in those uh, in these two cases probably they are very professional and very talented and uh, for me it was not easy to play against um, Ashirov and Ivanchuk I also would say that for for example Ivanchuk he was extremely he is extremely talented Shirov same, less professional, more talented. So that's that's the point. The guys who had some very strong uh, um, side, uh, which I could not stand. For example, Chukio was good theoretician. Uh, Shirov uh, could um, conduct initiative perfectly, and so on. And uh, against uh, some like talented, uh, famous players, I could uh, play uh, relatively easy, like against Topalov, for example, against uh, Karpov, and uh, even I could uh, uh, play against Kramnik, more or less, uh, okay, all right. Uh, also, there could be reasons about that, why why. Uh, against some players I could play, against some I uh, could not. But uh, um, mostly I could uh, like compete with uh, with most people of my uh, generation. But uh, like I'm not the only one who could not play against uh, Anand and uh, Kasparov. Believe me. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, uh, but the fact that you were that you could hold your own against Topalov, um, Karpov, and Kramnik is, uh, not many people can say that. Oh, not Polgar. Okay, so before we let you go, Evgeny, if you're okay with it, uh, we got to get some chess improvement advice, some book recommendations. Um, what, What, do you keep up with the literature? Um, or are you... These like if a new chess book comes out, how how frequently are you checking it out? I see that, for example, Anish Giri and um and Magnus Carlson have been going back and forth on Twitter about uh, the new Tukmakov book. Do you do you keep up with stuff like that or or not okay. so much? I what I I I, I cannot uh, give any conclusion about Tukmakov's um, uh, book, and uh, so far I have not read it. What I noticed that. Uh, 
couple ironic comments about this book. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, probably the book is perfect, I'm sure. Tukmakov is an extremely smart guy. But what I, I can tell you that about coaches, uh, trainers in, in general, I'll tell you that uh, uh, chess uh, trainers, they think uh, too much about themselves. Hmm. They believe that their role in uh, players' growth is high. It's, it's, uh, I don't believe this. I, I think that uh, uh, coach can help maybe a little bit, but uh, Lions part of uh, success on the player's shoulders. And uh, probably Tukmakov uh, explains um, how much he helped to, uh, he can help to chess players. And my personal experience says, okay, if someone is going to become a strong player, he, he will be. You cannot even uh, hurt too much. Hmm. Sooner or later, he will become your influence. And uh, if you're asking me about um, particular books, I, I read, no, I just uh, uh, buy randomly, and I just go through book in a chess uh, store, and if I like a book, I buy it. If I don't, uh, I don't. I, I uh, uh, recently um, bought books by Gulko. I wrote. I, I bought uh, books by Seravan. Uh, I just actually like those books. Um, uh, I, I also buy uh, books uh, in Russian if uh, I like them. Gelfand's books uh, are. Perfect, but I would not say that I'm like uh, Matthew Sadler, uh, <laughs> just read everything and give my uh, expert's conclusion. I'm not an expert, first of all, just I'm not a reader, I'm a writer. Uh, but uh, some uh, people, I, I believe in some uh, people, in, some, in mind, uh, of some people, and also I believe that some people were good players, uh, good players, and um, I can buy and enjoy those uh, books. I even bought one book by Matthew Sadler. The Alpha Zero book? No, 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 no. That, that's an uh, old, old one where he just explains amateurs that he just returned to chess, and now he's... Uh, uh, he decided that he shows his own way how he recovered, why uh, after 20 years of absence now he's uh, again a strong player, how he works on uh, uh, chess, on openings, and so on. Yeah, Just, ch- he, chess, he, chess for Life, I think, the one where okay, he... Okay, he's, uh, he's uh, teaching uh, amateurs how to become... Uh, same smart as him. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah, I read. But uh, about Alpha Zero, no, I uh, did not buy it so far, and uh, I, I believe I won't. Okay, it's interesting because I thought about Alpha Zero a little bit when you were talking about say no to chess principles, because of course it's programmed I, dif- differently. I tell you why. I saw one game uh, played uh, by Alpha Zero in uh, chess and uh, new in chess. In magazine, you in chess. I saw one game. Uh, Alpha Zero played against uh, some other program. I was absolutely impressed. I realized this is the level I I will never understand, and the humans uh, will never understand. I was pretty much shocked uh, how 
uh, alpha zero could beat uh, other chess program. So and uh, after that, I understand you can write anything about uh, alpha zero. It won't be too much. So really, I was impressed. But that's it. I think uh, I uh, more or less imagine how strong alpha is, and uh, I imagine how uh, humans are weak. But uh, that that's the 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 the, the thing it is. So mm -hmm. we cannot change anything, and uh, humans they're just weak. And that's it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that, that that's interesting coming from a you know twenty seven hundred, but but I get in comparison, um, yeah, Alpha Zero is playing at another level for sure. So, uh, be, I just have two questions from listeners. If we could uh, bang these out before um before I let you go, Evgeny, and this one sure. is uh, is related to uh to chess improvement. Uh, it's from Mister Moonmaster nine thousand, uh, frequent submitter of questions um thank you for the support mr moonmaster so moonmaster asks according to the biography i read of you um you've worked quite a bit as a trainer do you have a particular method of instruction that you use for all of your students if so what is your method so I, uh, you just touched on this i think but. don't don't have uh, any particular just as i said i believe that uh, <laughs> you should uh, develop um uh, many skills being a chess player and uh, I personally don't work with uh, students on uh, chess openings and uh, I try to develop to improve uh, all other aspects of chess uh, game I work on uh, like uh, middle game end game tactics and uh, so on so I uh, also try to explain uh, how important to be like rounded chess player, uh, to be a, like good sportsman, to keep uh, to sleep uh, well, and so on. Just mm -hmm. how you should be devoted to chess in general to uh, achieve the uh, aim goal you have. That's it. So I'm trying to uh, make a person better, stronger, and so on. So, but nothing particular. I just use all possible information we have in chess to make students. So how old. come how yeah. come no openings? Uh, openings uh, only if one particular asks me, because it takes uh, some time, and if for uh, a student uh, believes exactly what he needs right now, especially if I uh, see myself that this is what he needs. Of course, I also do it, but it's not the uh, first uh, thing I uh, uh, work on. Okay. Um, and how important do you think it's... Um, do you think one aspect is more important for, for people to emphasize more than others in terms of how to study chess, like studying, um, you know, analyzing grandmaster games versus analyzing one's own games versus doing tactics, or you just think... Uh, I think two things. First of all, um, your own games, and second, the uh, middle game. Okay. Because uh, uh, when you don't play well middle game, you won't see end game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So how would you go about working on, on the middle game? Middle game. 
just Siravan, uh, open Siravan's book, read this book, and you will improve. Okay, excellent advice. So for example, for example, I mean books. Books help. Okay. Just uh, communication with uh, uh, strong, uh, growing players help, and so on. Just a lot of things. So you you can make many many things, but uh, uh, chess game just will recognize you as a chess devoter and will help you if a chess a game can see that you like and love chess and uh, you want to become better. Just be with chess. Do something. Yeah, just you immerse yourself. You will find a way to become better. The life will give you the opportunity. Just once show up, you want to become good in chess. Okay. Um, and last topic, I was just curious. So you, you moved to, to Canada and to Toronto, the Toronto area fairly late in life. So what, uh, if you don't mind talking about it, what, well, what brought I, that change I about? Not, yeah, I got your point. I didn't move early because I moved, I settled here in 2007 and, uh, I, I felt like, uh, actually I, I, uh, settled here with my family, wife, and two kids, but it uh, turned out that um, uh, my wife, she did not uh, like uh, Canada, she did not feel uh, well here, uh, she um, actually could not find a, a job which uh, would satisfy her, and uh, she uh, returned to uh, Moscow, but originally the idea was, uh, of course, to uh, give a chance to my family, to give chance to my kids, uh, and uh, just to give them choice, to mm -hmm. choice of moves to make. Russia, Canada, and uh, but uh, you know uh, we say in Russia that uh, if in a play uh, rifle is uh, on uh, a wall in the beginning of the play, in the last minute, the rifle will shoot. <laughs> and uh, in 2007, I uh, got this uh, permanent residency card, and it, uh, in uh, 10 years, I decided uh, to settle, uh, like in, in seven years, I decided to settle down myself in uh, Canada. So the, the rifle shoot. <laughs> Short. Chekhov's gun, yeah. Um, so are you enjoying life there? Uh, well, let me answer this question in uh, one week, because in one week I have my oath. <laughs> and before that... <laughs> no comment. <laughs> yeah, no co comments uh, un until then. Okay. Um, and just one last question from a supporter of the podcast. I mentioned uh, in the little write-ups I do for the supporters of the podcast that, that you have a lot of literary references in, in your chess books um, from, you know, Master and Margarita to Dostoevsky, who you mentioned earlier, and Nobokov, a little uh, Nobokov segue in from London to Elista. So this was a question from Jerry Wells, who asks, uh, can you compare the spark of a perfectly weighted sentence in a novel to that of a brilliant move in a chess game? Does one pleasure run deeper than the other for you? I I prefer uh, 
player novel chess game to be uh, perfect. So all moves should be good. All uh, sentences should be great. So the novel uh, would be perfect. So uh, I, I wish everything around me would be as perfect as possible. So uh, no bad moves, no bad sentences. So I like perfection. Okay, if I would call it perfectionist. And uh, uh, in fact, uh, do not, uh, the readers, uh, they should not overestimate me. And uh, of course, I uh, like literature. I'm, but uh, if you listen to uh, professionals um, and I understand what, what uh, means to be professional in literature, when you're uh, reading and listening to professional uh, professionals, then uh, that's the level. That's, for example, I can uh, uh, explain and understand in a chess game uh, much more without than like uh, normal human without computer. Uh, so about literature. Well, I just read, but uh, I'm just an amateur there. Uh, I, I like uh, good uh, literature, but I'm not that good as I wish I could be. So but I love good uh, good things and uh, good things everywhere. Perfect mm-hmm. things. Yeah. Well, having been if top, you, if you got my point. Yeah, I mean, having been a top five, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the elite chess players in the world, uh, it's that's a, a hard level to attain in the uh, in the sphere of literature. Um, Impossible. Yeah. <laughs> much, much, much easier to attain uh, the level in chess rather than in literature. Well, yeah, easy for you to say. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know about the rest of us, but in any event, um, it, yeah, it's a. Uh, I don't know. It's a. Uh, th- there's room for both. Um, do you have a game that you feel like you? Do you have a game that you've played where you felt like you came close to perfection? Do you have any games that you're particularly proud of? Uh, in the book or in general? In general. Uh, the, the thing is, uh, you should understand, and one should understand, uh, when you play chess uh, for some time, and when computers uh, like were born, that uh, for chess player, extremely difficult to, to create an, a perfect game. Uh, so, uh, probably I never played a perfect game, but I played uh, good uh, games. And, uh, for example, uh, if I remember correctly, Fisher's book is my 60 memorable games. So, what we can uh, play, we can play memorable games where uh, after those games we have good uh, reminiscences and uh, um, let's say uh, that the games uh, they change something in our life so I had memorable games but uh, as I said uh, I wrote this book like uh, one of my book and maybe in another 10 years I'll uh, write another uh, book with those uh, memorable games 
where I'll also put uh, some good ones. Okay, that would be awesome. And uh, I would love love to hear have you back in 10 years yeah. when, uh, when, if this project were to come to fruition. But meanwhile, uh, listeners, this book is, is highly enjoyable. You'll, you'll learn some chess. You'll, you'll hear some incredible stories. So thank you for taking the time to write this. I know you mentioned in the introduction that you tried to avoid it for as long as you could. So I'm glad, yeah, I, I'm glad I, that you finally made the effort. I did. I yeah, did. The, thank you for being for asking me to be with you. Oh, my pleasure. And one last question. Um, I don't know if, uh, do you share contact information or would you rather I keep that private? If, if listeners would like to either contact you or track you, is there any way publicly or should we uh, uh, leave you alone I, as a private citizen? I am. Uh, I have contact in uh, Facebook. Okay, great. You also- can easily find me there, Evgeny Barev, and be my guest. Excellent. I will write, add that. Write a uh, uh, couple uh, uh, words, uh, send me text, I'll answer. Excellent. Okay. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you, Ben. Thank you very much. Thanks to everyone who helps make Perpetual Chess possible. That includes my producer, Matthew Passy, Geert Vandervelt for supplying the theme music, my wonderful guests, of course. And I also want to thank everyone who helps spread the word about the show, whether it's on Facebook, on Twitter, or on Instagram, telling an actual friend, an actual person about it. Every little bit helps grow the show. But most of all, I want to thank people who support the show financially. Without your financial support, this show would not be possible. I love doing it, but it is a lot of work. So I most of all want to thank Chessable for their support. And I also would like to give extra special thanks to the following people and entities. Quality Chess Books, the Capital City Chess Club, Andrew Bach, Austin Clough, Benjamin Handelman, Kathy Carr, Chad Oliver, Dan O'Hanlon, I am Dimitri Schneider, Greg Shahadi, Guven Manet, Jens Green, John Jernigan, Kelly Palmer, Lone Pine Chess, the Law Offices of Stuart Katz, Sidney Andrews, Thomas Tachenko, and Todd Bryant. And I'd also like to thank the following Patreon partners. You guys are Aaron Wafflart, Ace Vallega, Adam Ralph of ChessEngland.com, Adam Vrancouge, Adrian Gutierrez, Alex Pejas, BetterChessTraining.com, Bill Moran, Brett Howard Lynn, Brett Zeldo, Brian Mullis, Chad Hilton, Chris Balcom, Chris Flanagan, Chris Wainscott, Christopher Bumgardner, Christopher Chabri, Christopher Wood, I am Christoph Zalicki, a.k.a. Chess Explained, Coach Jay's Chess Academy, Daniel Gell, Daniel Ginsberg, Daniel Lucas of the U.S. Chess Federation, Daniel Naylor, Daniel Schaefer, Dave Saylor, David Cramley of Chessable.com, Dwayne Edmonds, Ethan Smith, I am Elect, Donnie Ariel, the Fox Valley Chess Club of Aurora, Illinois, Frank Tortoris, MD, Gary Andrews, Gary Lewis, Geert Vandervelt of Chessable.com, Gerard Barda, Giovanni Russo, Greg Natal, Harish Srinivasan, GM Jakob Ogard of Quality Chess Publishing, James Bonastia, Jason Woolham, Jeff Anderson, Jeffrey Martello, John Fernandez, John Fontaine, John Hartman, Jen Shahadi, Jerry Wells, JJ Strand, John Thompson, GM Josh Friedel, Kare Christensen, WGM Katarina Nemsova, Kelly Palmer, I am Kostya Kovyutsky, Krishna Gopala Krishnan, Laura Bojowski, Lucio Casada Silva, Martin Knudsen, Matthew Passi, Matthew Tedesco of SeattleChessMeetup.org, The Mysterious Moon Master 9000, The Legend Grows, Mr. Mike Shahadi, Nate Salon, Neil Bruce, GM Pascal Charbonneau, Passi Passanen, Paul Bain, 
Paul Clarkson, Paul Sweeney, Paolo Santana, Peter Lux, Peter Merrifield, Brandy Temple, Ricky Grijalva, Robert Steiner, Ryan Berg, Scott Doherty, Scott McKinnon, Steiner Lima, WGM Tatyav Abrahamian, Thomas Stanix, Thomas Tachenko, Tim Brennan of TacticsTime.com, Tim Seymour, Timothy Ha, Tony Rotella, Tyron Price, Victor Vrancouz, William Peterson, Zhao Chang of Chess1000.com, and Zhivko Stoyanov. Thanks, everyone. Catch you guys next week. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.